What did he say? Teach. Teach. I'm baptizing them. So I want to ask, is that a form of evangelism? The way we see it today. Mm. Okay, but what should you say? The mic, the mic is there. Sir. Praise the Lord, sir. We're welcome, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, sir, what I understood from that context, you know, that was the issue I had with a particular group to which we belong at a time that when we were at the cave there and there was a conference and every major uh, uh, speaker at that conference that time, we are talking about just preaching the gospel. And there was a revelation I had. I called Pastor Douglas. I told him something. That this is the issue I have with this group. To preach the gospel does not just mean to tell somebody, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, does not just mean to tell somebody, Christ saves, he died for your sin. No. That the context of preaching the gospel, eh, as announced by Christ, the resurrected Christ, is much more than telling somebody that. You need to groom, there was a word, you need to groom the person into that. So that the person will be able to live the life. That the words used in Matthew 24 from verse 18. First of all, the word baptizing does not just mean to teach and live. It means to teach and make sure that the person dies in that gospel. So that the person will be able to live the life. That the context of the word used there is not baptize, is not baptize, it's not bapto. In Greek, they have two Greek words for it. There is bapto and there is baptizo. And the one used in this context is baptizo, meaning holding somebody firmly in a particular state mm. until he dies in that state. So that when he faces the pressures of wow. life, what will come out is the state in which he has died, mm. not the former state in which he was. Wow. Because in that baptizing, you have made the person to die, the nature of that person to die in the new state. Mm. In the new state. So the new state consumes that person. Mm. That when pressures of life comes to that person, what will be released is the, this new nature in which he is found now. Mm. And not the old nature. Because the old nature is dead completely. Wow. That's why you see, for emphasis sake, he used the word teaching mm. twice. Mm. For emphasis sake, teaching and baptizing them. Mm. Then he came again down, and verse, uh, I think verse 19, and said, teaching them to observe everything that I have spoken. For emphasis sake, they must be taught how to. Everything that Christ said. Because everything that Christ preached was gospel of the kingdom. It's not the kind of gospel that we hear out there. So, and you, you, you nailed it very well. Because Jesus started by saying, you know, defining the authority in which the person who is going to teach this gospel or pre even preach this gospel must be found in. It must be found in, you know, in the understanding of all realms of authority. All realms of authority. So there is nothing in a territory that is qualified to stand against you. That is qualified to stand against you. So you must come with that mentality. That you are sent in the power that is superior in all realms. And that power that is superior in all realms is meant to Make people die in the nature of Christ. And that is what you have come to do. You understand? And that is, it is in that sense because every spirit being in that realm 
you know, outside of believers. Every spirit being, when they see you, they know your authority. They know your authority. So if you're not found in that authority, there are resistance, resistances that will stand there against you. But when you come in that, in the knowledge and understanding of that authority, they must give way. They know they have no answer. If you remember in, in uh, Acts 17, I think um, we are the, the issue of uh, the seven sons of Sceva, they said, Jesus, we know. It was the demon answering them, replying to the priests. It was a priesthood because they were the sons of Sceva. Sceva then was the high priest. They were priests. He said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we also know. But we know you don't have, you don't operate in the realms they operated. We know you don't have such authority as they had. You understand? And if you read it further and meditate on it, you will notice that what they were meant, actually meant was that Jesus we knew from our beginning. From the beginning of our creation, we knew Jesus, that he had authority. Then Paul has been groomed to come into such application of that authority that was found in Christ. But we have looked at you, scanned you. There is no basis for what you are saying. No basis, no authority whatsoever. And that was why they had to unleash themselves on them. And they ran away. They were all their clothes were torn. So the issue of baptism, uh, 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 gospel of the kingdom, we must, we must, I want for a better word now, we must try to be baptized into it before we qualify to teach it. It's not just enough to preach the gospel. Yes, we preach it. But after we preach it and people are harvested, People are harvested now. Souls are harvested to come into the kingdom. They need to be taught. And the teachers must be in a state of purity to be able to enforce that nature of Christ in them until they are found in that state. That old nature will be difficult to die. And that's why you see when the person is trying to die, uh, when the, the, the gospel is being presented, you see the person is resisting death. It's resisting death. Why? Because the force has not been enough to come. And that's why the preachers must come to the point of themselves, self-life, dying completely before they can now. Because you, you will punish disobedience when all disobedience is fulfilled. When you are found fulfilled in that, then you are now in the state where things will obey you. Natures will obey you that is not found in Christ. They will obey you because already you are found in Christ. That is just what uh, the beat I want to submit, sir. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. Now, you see, one thing I, I've noticed about a king, there's no king that mounts recklessly on the throne. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear that? Now, there is no king, I would like to repeat it again, there is no king that is freely allowed to just mount on the throne when he's a reckless person. What am I trying to say? You don't know the history of your kingdom. Recently, I was talking to the traditional king of where uh, you know, my earthly genealogy comes from. And I said some things that kind of uh, made him to want, I don't want to say he, he was annoyed, okay? Um, but he was like, 
What am I talking? Okay, and in the process of the discussion, he told me that the Agbo kingdom has been consistent from one king to the other for the past 2,000 years. So he has the history of all the kings that ruled Agbo. Did you hear what I'm saying? And he's aware, he knows exactly all the villages and all the towns that submit to him. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you get that? See, because if you don't know your area of jurisdiction, you cannot in any way be able to exact and emphasize the dominion of the kingship. I hope you hear what I'm saying. That's why it's so important that priests, you see, because we are not called just to be kings. We are called to be both kings and priests. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you get that? And the reason why we, maybe I shouldn't answer this. Who can tell us the reason why you are not just a king, but you are also a priest? Who can answer that? See, because, um, yeah, let me not say further. Who can answer, please? One person, quickly. fact that your father is a king and a priest. The Lord is a king and he's a priest. And you are his offspring. So automatically, you're supposed to be both king and priest. So apart from that, who can explain? Microphone. Okay. Why we are made both uh, kings and we're also priests? It's because our, our assignment is a kind of vertical. It's before God and before creation. So before God, we stand as priests. On behalf, we don't stand as kings. We stand as priests to make intercession on behalf of creation. But before, before creation, we stand as gods, as kings, on behalf of God, like uh, we, we, we enforce the will of God on behalf of God. We, we command obedience of creation uh, on behalf of God. Uh, so our priesthood is like uh, before God, like we stand in the gap, uh, we intercede, but, when we, but before creation, we are to registrate on behalf of God. And when we register on behalf of God, we enforce his will. It, it's an, a kind of kingly, uh, responsibility because it has to do with authority, uh, you know, authority of uh, a, uh, will I use the word delegate or inherited authority because we are speaking on behalf of the one that was stood before as priest. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. That I would have expected you to exp expand shit or speak a little bit further. Is there another person, Pastor Samson, Pastor Uche? Pastor Samson? Pastor Uche? Pastor Uche? Okay, I think um, that, um, I think the Revelation 5 says that we are king and priest, and we say we shall reign. Mm. Say we shall reign. 
um, you know, looking at um, looking at the order of um, in the Old Testament, the ordination of a king, um, a priest. Um, a priest is the one that that is set apart. It's the one that is set apart. The one that is consecrated um, for the service of the Lord. And uh, so without the priesthood, there won't be kingship. It's actually, um, it is a priesthood that enables you to reign as a king. Uh, because um, what that reigning meaning is that you are reigning in the likeness and in the nature of God. The, the dominion of God, which is actually the life of God, is being executed upon the earth. But it takes priesthood to do that. Like in the book of Revelation, he said, um, Revelation 19 said that the bride have made herself ready. And he said that um, that um, the nina is actually the righteousness of the saint. Then he talks about the man-child reigning in the throne. So I see that the king and the priest. So seeing the man-child reigning with the rod of iron, that's how we are going to bring the dominion of God, multiply the dominion of God upon the earth. Okay. Um, someone else would speak, and you will come back, because I feel that you are just touching it without going headlong. So someone else will talk, and then you will come back and explain, because what you are saying is actually what I'm expecting. Are you getting me? But you're just, it looks like you're just dabbing it, you know. Thank you. Honey, you have something to say? Okay, I think um, God made it, God ordained us. It's an ordination for all his children to function as kings and priests because that's his nature. He himself is a king and he himself is a priest. So you can't approach God without priesthood. So for us to be able to have access to God, then that officiating altar of a priest must be available because you can't approach God without the priesthood. So, exactly. Exactly. So, there must be offerings. There must be, you know, um, chantings to the oracles. Because, because you can't... There must be offerings. in different dispensations, there are offerings. So, what kind of offerings do we now, in our own dispensation, offer? Offer, yes. Do you see that? Yes. So, you have to understand all those kinds of things. And then you Yes, so there has okay. So there has to be offerings because God that otherwise we won't be able to approach Him. So He ordained for us to be priests in our nature. It's our ordination, right? And then for us to function and in that priesthood, we now uh, like what Pastor was saying, we will now it's through the offerings of the priesthood that we come into the kingly operations. You know, the authority of God is fully now released to us. And, and I believe that, you know, um, from a new birth, we see that nature in manifestation. Because when a baby is born, the baby automatically is carrying 
the parents' DNA, the father's DNA. So from new birth, it's there, okay? And there are, there are rights. Yes. Mentioned earlier yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You had mentioned earlier mm. that um, the priesthood brings you before the Lord. Yes. And then he now gives you stuff yes. for operation. Yes. Okay. Now that is on a different level. That's right. Are you getting me? But there is the inbuilt the DNA. DNA. Yes. Uh -huh. The DNA. Okay. So you are expected also. to function you, as soon as you are born. As soon as you are born. Which is where I, I wanted to understand what Pastor Chudi was saying about the seven sons of Sceva and in their reference to Paul and Jesus Christ. Because the reason why the demons did not obey them is because their priesthood uh, order is in the old covenant. They were not born again. Assuming they were born again, then they have authority to use the name of Jesus. You know, because they won't say in the name of Jesus, which Paul preaches. They will say in the name of, they themselves have received that authority by themselves as children of God. They have given us, Jesus said, go in my name. In my name, you shall cast out devils. So what they were trying to do was to cast out devils. But they didn't know the Jesus. Yes, outside of the covenant. They didn't know the Jesus that they were using his name. Praise God. So from the day we are born, the, we begin to practice the priesthood begin to practice kingship. They give us things. And those things that they're asking us to practice our training to bring us into the full authority. And I just want to say that, you know, for example, a child that is born in a house, even though that child doesn't have authority to um, um, there are certain take, decisions. take decisions. However, the child's demand already is an authority. If the child goes to the housekeeper and say, I want food. That housekeeper must give that child the food. Otherwise, the housekeeper will be fired. Because the child has authority, has rights to ask for food. Praise God. So I don't know if... Um, I mean, Thank you. Actually, my last daughter, she's an observer. My last daughter. And from when she was a little child, she would keep her mouth shut. And she would observe and keep quiet. So when something happens, she would make a comment and walk away. And I'll call her back and say, what did you say? She said, no, nothing. I said, no, what did you say? She said, she would say, I don't want anyone to be fired. Do you understand? I don't want anyone to be fired. So which means that she has the authority. Are you getting me? to make a report of some things that are not in order. Say that again. According to the rule of the house. I hope you hear me. And that's what we do also. So that's why we come in the name of Yeshua. Did you hear me? But there's the time when Yeshua also said that after a while you will not even need to ask in my name. The father himself would just, you, you would go directly to the father. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. So, which means that there's a period of growth. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Now, 
Praise God. Now, the thing about this priesthood and kingship and priesthood, okay? First of all, the kingship must be generated from within you. Did you hear what I'm saying? It must be generated from within you, which is the DNA that she's talking about, which must also be developed. Did you get? Which must also be developed because there are tendencies in a child that does not fully find expression. I don't know if you hear. Did you get that? For example, there are some simple ways of knowing a girl from a boy. But there are also times when you can see a boy and a girl, two of them will be straight in their physique. But after a while, something starts shooting out from the chest of the girl. And then part of her body begins to take formation. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, but that happens after a while. But all the genes and all things that pertain to womanhood has been given to that child, to that girl. So it's just a process of time for that child to begin to manifest or show forth who exactly she is. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. But you see, your area of jurisdiction is both in the physical and in the spiritual. Did you hear that? Your area of jurisdiction and governance because Yeshua said, all power has been given to me, both where? In the realm of the spirit and in the realm of the physical. That is heavens and the earth. Am I correct? So go therefore. Did you hear that? Go therefore to all nations and preach the gospel. Did you hear that? baptizing them in the name of the Father, okay? And who? Did you say Son? The Son and who? And the Holy Spirit. So which means that there must be the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. I don't know if you hear. Teaching them. So there's that area of teaching. And I like what Pastor uh, Trudy was saying about baptizing. You know, when someone who doesn't know how to swim goes into the water, that person would sink, drown. And when the person is brought forth, uh, the person will be drowned. And you can look for that person for about three days. I think it's three days. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you see that? So it has to be on the third day that resurrection takes place. So that resurrection that takes place, that person is dead of the old person. Are you getting me? And it now begins to float on the water. And the floating is on the water. Now, when they bring the person out... The first thing you want to do is to try and press to see if there's still life. And in the pressing, what comes out, if anything, is water. 
So which means that baptizing the person in the Father, in the Son, and in the Spirit, when that person, like Pastor Chidi was saying, confronts any opposition, what comes out is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Can you see? Are, are, we, are, we, are we together, please? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you get that? So, we have to. Now, most of the things, even though this is Mercedes School, okay, what we, are, what we have to be teaching, I hope you hear me, it's not just teaching, but we also living or expressing. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Expressing. And not just expressing for expressing's sake, because you can express when people are around. But what happens when, when, when people are not around? I don't know if you hear me. And what happens when you yourself are not even around? Did you hear? Are we together, please? So what happens when you are not around or when people are not around? So it means that there must be residues. Did you hear me? Residues. Ah, I'm looking for a word now. Fragrances of the life that you are living. I hope you hear me. That ex is exude. Is that the right word? You know, that comes out from within you. There has to be enough aroma or perfume from within you that comes out and pulls people. You find that in Yeshua. It says, uh, it says so does the virgins love you. Is that not what it says? In, is, it, uh, is it Songs of Solomon? So what does it say? Who can, can you complete that? See, there's oil of gladness. There is what? Huh? Please. He said, because of the savor or the savor, I think it's savor, of thy good ointments, thy name is an ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. You see, ability to capture and to trap the nature and the life of God within. Did you hear me? Please, I'm begging, take notes, go and, you know, study some more. Did you hear what I'm saying? There is that ability that should be found in you to trap the nature and the life of God inside of you to a degree that it will begin to find expression without. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you get that? Now, listen, there was a time Yeshua was going to uh, Yeros' daughter's uh, funeral. And while he was going, people were just thronging over him. 
Okay? People were rubbing their bodies on him. I hope you hear what I'm saying. People were rubbing, but every single person that was rubbing his body on him, some of them would have been sick and ill, but they were not running after him because of their healing. They probably were running after him because of his popularity, because of the food and stuff like that. But there was one woman. Did you hear that? There was one woman that was looking for healing and she knew that this guy is a priest. Did you hear? And the priest has what they call, is it philanthropist? Could you stand up, please? Come this way. See, she, the kind of, this is the best, the closest to <laughs> demonstrate what I'm saying. See, let, let's say this is the priestly or the garment of, uh, you understand? So the edge of it has an extension called the wings. You understand? Now, if you look at, if you read the uh, Malachi, it says that the son of righteousness would arise with healing in his wings. Do you understand? So at the edge here, there's that, that thing that's, you know, at the two edges. Thank you, man. You get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. So now, it's called, is it Talit? Francis, come here. Is it Talit? What's Those things are the... Uh, you can't remember. <laughs> I know you can remember. Go and sit down. <laughs> you see... You know, even when, when, they, when, they, when they pray, you know, the prayer cloth, uh -huh, that prayer cloth has that thing also, you know. Philanthropist. Hallelujah. So that woman was looking for that because she knew Malachi. So he said, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I know. So, it's an, so, so you see, so the man, Yeshua, it's not, it, it can't be a man who is going up and down without consciousness of who he is. Did you hear? Did you get that? He, he's aware, fully aware of what he's carrying. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You see, so you can't just be a priest or a king without understanding your jurisdiction and your authority. Can you see that? Please. I hope you hear me. Please. Very important. You have to also know what you are carrying. Because a lot of times, we as believers, people of God, we're not conscious of what we are, who we are. Did you hear? We're not conscious of who we are. Okay? And then we seek for things that will even kill what we are carrying. Hello? We, we seek for things that will kill what we are carrying. Why? Because we don't we don't, we don't consider those things relevant for the moment. I hope you're here. Are we together? <laughs> I'm asking you to give us examples. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we seek for things that will kill 
what we have. The number one killer of what we have is unbelief, is doubt, is fear, is the knowledge of this world. It's the knowledge of this world. Those are things that will kill what we are carrying. Um, I was reading, I was reading, I've been reading a lot of epistles recently. I can't remember now where I was reading that from, but let me check. Okay, I think it's Colossians, right? It's Colossians that says... Um, It says we should not allow ourselves to be deceived with philosophies of men. Hmm. Beware, Colossians chapter 2. Beware, lest any man spoil you. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So the things that would spoil you, the things that will steal what we have from us and not allow a believer to attain the um, mark, okay, is philosophies of men, religious beliefs of men, and men's ideologies of this world and functionalities of this world and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the remains of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I love verse 10. Verse 10 says, and you are complete in him. We are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You know, when you read Colossians well, with uh, another set of eyes, you will see that Paul, the Colossian church, dealt a lot with forces of darkness. And the writing of this epistle is addressing them in that state to know who they are and to understand that the person that they've been, um, that they are serving is above these elements and above these forces. So he's saying here, um, 